This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I just think it's time now. And I'm not going to go too mad in creating the one because it is still early. But it's just time he stops just running his mouth off in the press and saying these, shall we call them, outlandish comments and just actually focusing on doing the job. Because it's all very well having a manager who makes these outlandish comments if they come true or if we do well. But when we're sitting in the table and none of it is actually happening, that's when we start to get a bit annoyed, you know? And I'm getting Mate, a bit you could be talking about it. Boris Johnson right now. Or Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, the, 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 the scouts Boris Johnson right low. Hello and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. I'm your host Josh and with us this week we've got Nick. Hello. And we've got Sam. Hello. A quick reminder, as always before we get started, that for all the articles and up-to-date Argyle news and analysis, uh, make sure you check us out, Argyle Life on Facebook and Argyle Life 1886 on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also make sure you don't miss another podcast by subscribing to Green and White on Spotify or iTunes where the new episode is uploaded every week. Um, this week was, well, I'm sure you don't really need me to tell you about what happened this weekend. Uh, I, I thankfully didn't get a ticket and uh, and ended up watching it on TV, um, totally legally. Um, watched it on TV and, as I say, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't go after all that. A, a very disappointing 4-0 loss to... Uh, our arch rivals. Could be us, Josh. Could get a last-minute ticket. Could get a last-minute ticket. I wonder <laughs> if I know anyone who did that. Since yeah. Sam had the pleasure of standing in what I... Well, I'm wary of calling an away stand. Um, They've rebuilt it, don't forget. They have rebuilt it. It does have a roof now. Let's yeah. not overdo it, shall we? I mean, it is effectively <laughs> the same, just with a roof. Um, but Sam, what did you think? Well, it was all going so well. I had a gruelling week at work. I got to bed. I had a nice little lie-in. Woke up about nine o'clock. First text I've seen from somebody saying, um, so-and-so's got a ticket. Great, great news. Call them up. Still got the ticket. Yeah, I've got your ticket. When could you be for Exeter? So, jumped out of bed, in the shower, down the train station. Uh, met up with some mates who were already going on the train. A couple of drinks on the train. Um, obviously, went a nice, nice little walk for Exeter. Went to the pub for one before the game. I was all set. Very, very happy I was going. I, was, I didn't get a ticket, so I wasn't expecting to go. Borrowed a spare, obviously got a spare ticket last minute. 
and then that happened. That was one of the absolute worst performances. I, 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 I'm tempted to say all time. I'm probably exaggerating, but certainly of the last few years. That that's right up that, but actually it's it's right up there with all the all the crappy performances under Adams last season. Isn't it? It's right up there in the context of kind of Accrington away, Barnsley home, Luton away, Oxford away. All of those rubbish rubbish performances that just came to nothing. We created barely anything all game. We had a half decent chance to start of its first half. We had a bit of a goal line scramble ish second half, but it was not a. It was not a lot, sadly, and it was um, a really, really rubbish performance defensively. 4-0 did not flatter Exeter one bit. It was a completely fair reflection of the game. And I walked out of that one mightily annoyed. It was not just a bad performance tactically. It genuinely looked like, and I don't want to go down the attitude and mentality route too much, but it looked like they weren't even trying. I'm sure that wasn't the case, but that's the impression it gave, and I came out of that one very angry. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I think that is the impression it it gives just because we were getting battered. I, I don't think that necessarily means that they weren't trying. Um, yeah. I, can't, I can't say for sure whether they were. Um, I can't read mine, so it's difficult to say. I think it's, it's certainly an easy thing to say um, as a criticism. Um, however, what I think was clear was that there was a somewhat of a capitulation after we conceded, um, and things got worse, not better. We didn't play good football. We didn't try to play good football, um, and it, like you say, it was a very disappointing game from start to finish. I think it was one of the worst I've ever seen. Um, but in a way, does it matter? We lost four nil, and really, we did get battered. They played the sort of football that uh, Lowe's talked about for some time. Um, certainly, if you look at some of the uh, a couple of their second half goals, the way that they play the ball around is really smart, and that's the sort of thing that I think Argo fans have been expecting. Um, whereas all we did was sort of hit balls diagonally into channels and not much else. I disagree there because Exeter did a lot of that too. They just did it much better. If you look at that third goal, which is probably the the best of their goals from a you know aesthetic standpoint, that all comes from one big long clearance downfield. Now, if you were to compare the way. The way X to pray. Well, so normally I'm also for the. I'm always against the didn't hard try hard enough narrative. I think it's uh, the lazy excuse for those who either don't want to understand football or don't understand football. They don't want to scratch underneath the surface. Um, but I think it kind of holds true just because man for man, we're talking almost exactly the same setup two strikers, three defenders, midfield four. And whereas we had one defensive mid, they had an attacking mid. So all throughout the middle were basically matching each other up. So there's no there's no tactical tricks here. It's basically two formations, and what you look at what happened. They ran harder than us. They pressed harder than us, and they got the ball more than us. When we launched the ball to our strikers, they were right up in their face. Grant and Rudden had no time and space. One would be on them, pinning them down. Another would be coming in to close down the ball and you know win it back. Um, and then you compare that to their third goal. It's Sarsvich and Riley press high. Sarsvich loses the ball in the corner, but they're still pressing up, and they force it into a long clearance downfield. Goes to Bowman. Bowman up against Josh Grant. Josh Grant barely contests the header, and then just backs off him. And what you ended up with is Joe Edwards, surrounded by three players. I think it's Collins, Law, and Bowman. And, and you just watch them. They play like four passes around him, and he can't do anything. It's just him. Whereas if it were Exeter... Grant would be hanging on to Bowman, he'd be pressing him, and Josh Ed, uh, Joe Edwards either comes through to clear out the ball, tries to block off the pass to Edwards, you know, and it's making it far less easy. Didn't happen for that third goal, and I mean, in terms of Exeter actually attempted more long passes than Argyle did, despite having not too um, dissimilar total possession. So no, Exeter were territorial as well, they just were much better at it. 
I think they 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 were a lit. They tried to play. At least they played the odd bit of passing football. No, but that, that, that came entirely, after the but... so, so the territorial bit is in terms of how you get into the final third, and from there mm. they played well. But we sort of we aren't too bad at playing well. Um, we aren't too bad at playing well. We played not too bad when it's um, territorial. Once we get into the final third, the problem is you know getting into the final third. Yeah, the, true, the, the, basically true. it was territorial to get it there. I've said the word territorial a lot here. There was basically the point is a lot of the fancy passing was once it was actually in the final third. And if you're looking at the goals, we're looking at, um, obviously, the turnover from a crap Josh Grant pass for the penalty. We're looking at a set piece. The uh, the nice set of passing, but from poor, poor pressure for the third. And then the fourth is, what, a long-range shot under no pressure and a rebound. So it's not exactly like they're cutting through us. Fair point. I, I, I just basically yeah. to counter the idea that Exeter were fantastic. Exeter just played their style. I don't well. think they were fantastic. Yeah. I don't think they carved us up by any means, but I didn't. Think they yeah, were they much. did. Obviously, they were obviously they were much better on the day, regardless. Um, and I think issues as well uh, with selection. Um, a brave call going into a derby like that and leaving your best player on the bench. Uh, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I was I actually about to say, is Will Ameson the best player? <laughs> That's Sorry, right. I thought that's well, what you're talking about. That's, that's that's another thing. Two of your best players. So someone who I'm sure many would probably agree. Well, certainly from what I've seen this season, Will Ameson's been our best player at centre-back and Danny Mayer, our best player overall. Uh, and neither of them started in what... Uh, to me personally, the Devon derby is not, as, as, it's not a big thing to me personally. I don't get so psyched up for it. Um, but lots of people do, and it's an. I totally understand why it's an important game, and it should be an important game to the players and to the manager. He didn't help himself with what he said, comment um, in the mat um, pre-match because it's a little bit like what he said with Danny Mayer being better than Kerry Lemiras in that there was no need for it, and all he's done is line himself up for criticism if it doesn't go his way. Um, and obviously here, that's backfired massively. Um, and I think he's just got to be a little bit more careful about what he says. But but leaving your two of your better players on the bench for a game like that just seems a bit mental to me. Um, I guess it comes down to to what we've spoken about before. Um, just because a team wins one game doesn't mean that it can't be improved when you go into the next one. No, I I mean I, I think it's a difficult one because I think now I think with those two, one of them I'm very confident I agree with you on the other one I'm a little bit more ambiguous. Ainston, yeah, he had to start. Josh Grant is not good enough by half. He's not really not good. He, he's certainly never good in the air. Normally, he, you know, he did show signs that he is fairly good at the other stuff, not aerially, but on Saturday he wasn't even good in that regard. He was all over the place. He's not good at all. Ainston's a lot better. He should have started. Mayor is a tough one. Because I think with Mayer, now I'm, I'm not one of these people who is dogmatically never change a winning team. That's not really my, my viewpoint. But when we've won two in a row and one of them is 4-0 and a pretty good performance. I know I went on the podcast last week and said actually, you know, I didn't think the Orient performance was too great. It was still decent. It was still good. It wasn't a 4-0 worthy, but it was still good. So when you have had two wins in a row and two good performances, I think it would have been hard to drop either of Starcevich or Cooper for that one, particularly as Cooper was, has it's been assisting a lot of goals. So I think with Mayer, that's one of those things where it's very much easier after the fact. I wouldn't have been confident that we should have played Mayer before. And I, you know, fair enough if you did say it before, but I don't think we find many people who were saying it before. Most people were saying stick with the team. And I would have inclined with that. 
So I don't think not playing there was the big problem because for two reasons. One, because it wouldn't have stopped every other player, like Nick said, being second to every second ball. It wouldn't have stopped all the other structural flaws. And let, let's let's have it right. When Mayer did come on, he did absolutely nothing. So I'm a big Mayer fan, but I don't think he really should have started. I don't think that was the main issue. Ainson, however, absolutely. Josh Grant was awful. There's no nice way of saying it. He was really not good at all. And he was... He was at fault for two of the goals, could have done better for a third. And it was an unfathomable decision, unless he's got a knock or something, which we don't know about. It was an unfathomable decision why Ameson didn't play. I mean, yeah. I, I was going to say, at least two goals would be the way to put it, because definitely the penalty, definitely the second. For the third, he, I obviously, I'm quite critical of him not pressing up. And that's exactly what Ameson would have done as well. So what Ameson likes to do is play a quite high press game, get in someone's face. Um, I think that would cut out the third goal, cut it out of source. But even if not then, you can make the case that Grant played them all onside. Even even though, questionable whether or not he is offside, I'm not sure he is when the pass is played, it makes the linesman's decision much easier when Josh Grant stood two or three yards behind the line and maybe makes it easier for the uh, player in possession, Collins, to slide it through because he can see these well onside. So we can and do that with all four goals, And then really. the fourth one is he's caught on his heels and doesn't react to the rebound quick enough and... and um, uh, Nicky Law's what three or four yards header for the tapping. That one's a the fourth one's a tricky one because I've, I've watched it a couple of times. The camera angle doesn't really show everything that's happening off the ball. It's true, so it's difficult to tell. Hence, um, at least at least four, th- at least two. Right, third one I thought was Cooper who played them on side. Uh, Cooper's about level. Grant's my, two yards behind the line. Even then, I'm not sure if he's offside. I'm not sure what's his name, Randall Williams. I'm not sure he's actually offside. Again, it's difficult. It's a difficult angle to tell from. So I don't think it tells all. Do fair. So certainly the first two. It was. I mean, the first one, obviously, um, questionable pass to a questionable. It gives Edwards no chance. Basically, the tackle's made <laughs> before he gets yeah. to yeah. touch to... it. Yeah, he should uh, never have made the pass. I don't. I don't disagree. Um, I don't disagree. He shouldn't have made the pass. Uh, I still think I maintain that Edwards should do better. Um, what can Edwards do there? Genuinely, what can he do? He, he tries to play the ball out to Riley on the, on the right he, No, side. but the tackle comes... Literally, the tackle comes in before the ball's finished yeah. making contact with his foot. He doesn't have time to make a pass. He, what's, he does, he, yeah, he what's he going to do? He, he stands there and is loses he aware, the ball. Is he aware of where... Who was it? Was it Law? Just Law, him? yeah. Who was, was it, is he aware of where Law is as he scans? Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think he can do anything like there, Josh. Law gets to the ball if he doesn't play it away. Mm. And if he does could play he it away, then Law blocks it as we saw. It and could he just maybe belt his foot through it and kick it out for a throw-in, possibly, if I'm being a bit harsh, maybe? Uh, even then, Law might get... Law is right on top of him. I think part of the reason it gets intercepted is because he tries to play it to Riley and he lets he tries to open up um, and lets Law come across him. And don't get me wrong, I'm... This is harsh criticism because I don't think the goal is his fault, um, but I do think he can do better. I'm sure at I mean, Premier League level he can do better. I'm sure at Premier League level he can do better. Talking League Two, that's getting intercepted all day long. It's a stupid pass. It's it's not a clever pass into him. I do think that uh, I think the game possibly. I'm watching it back right now. Nicky Law's there to intercept no matter what he does. Like genuinely. He he's not even close to even starting a pass. His only opportunity is if he rolls out the other direction, and even then, I'm not sure. It, it was a it's stupid pass. Horror, it's a shocking decision it? to make yeah. the pass. It's a hospital pass, yeah. is what they call it in rugby. Yeah, yeah, it was. It would, it would. Uh, yeah, unfathomable. I don't think Mary's Mary's a little bit 
after the fact, but everyone wanted Ainsley to come in. Nobody wanted Josh, with all due respect, nobody wanted Josh Grant to come in. He brings in Josh Grant and he, he could do better for all four goals. Really stupid of me. And I'm, like Josh said, I don't want to have a go at him too much. I don't want to be fickle whenever. Oh, I don't want to go at him too him, much. Earlier today, he no, said no, he wasn't. Uh, uh, hang on, I'm, Josh... I'm on about Lowe here. I'm oh, low, right. Lowe. So I was going to say, you had to go yeah. too much at Josh Grant because he basically said he wasn't good enough to play. No, I'll have a go at him. But with regard to. No, Lowe, but I mean, yeah, let's, 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 let's not say he's not good enough to play. He had a shocker, right? Definitely had a shocker. One of two, because for me, Riley was an own goal or a red card or some other catastrophe away from getting a one out of ten. I gave him a two. Like, he did nothing and was rubbish. Anyhow, point being, um, he had an absolute shocker. But let's not say that based off of that shocking, dreadful performance, he's not good enough to play. Well, I'm, I'm kind of basing it a bit on other games, but that was cherry on the gate. Go, going on to Ryan Lowe now, like Josh said, I am getting a bit, it's not a wise thing to say at all. I am getting a bit annoyed now with the hype and the talk and the comments just not matching up the reality. I mean, yes, you can't blame the players, but, and yes, I'm not as critical at Dunny Mare as a lot of Argyle fans on social media are, but he's not even been close to carrying the mirror. It's never mind better. Ryan Taylor getting 20 goals a season. I, don't, I doubt he'll even get 20 goals in the remainder of his career, in all honesty. And now we've had this, what he said about Exeter, about them having low expectations. The old cliche goes that when you say negative comments in the press that, that you're basically doing their team talk for them. And that's pretty much the best example of that cliche that I can ever imagine. Uh, well, I mean, like I just said, I thought it was a, a poor choice of words. And now I, I don't necessarily think that Ryan Lowe in his team talk said uh, or, or tried to uh, water down the derby, so to speak at the Devon Expressway Derby, to give it its full name. Um, what a title that is, by the way. Um, Why I, not I the Devon Derby? It's, like, it's not like there's a yeah, second derby in Devon. Why do we need to be so specific? The Devon Expressway Derby. Jeez, I suppose Why not just call it the A38 Derby? To be fair, Nick, it originated around 2011 when we were in the same league as Torquay for a few seasons, so I think that had something to do with it. But, fair uh, enough, and at that point, Torquay were actually better than us as well, so the Devon Derby <laughs> was probably extra Torquay. Yeah. God, that was a um, sad but, time. Uh, like I said, I don't think he necessarily was saying that those the same things he was saying in the press um, to the players, but it doesn't... It, no, no, what Sam, get... no, no, what Sam meant was that he's doing the extra team talk for them by trashing extra. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I thought, I thought you'd take him literally then. No, no, no. No, I'm just saying in terms of, as a general point, because obviously a lot, a, a lot of people have probably rightly used it, used it as a criticism of him, in that saying, trying to water the derby down beforehand and then getting beaten four nil doesn't make you look good. And I don't think he necessarily said that to, to his own players. Uh, tried to like, um, I can't think of it. I'm using the phrase "water it down," but I don't think that, I don't, that doesn't feel quite right. Um, but I'll persist because I can't downplay it. Downplay it. That's it. Thank you, yeah. Sam. Always been good that's with words. Right. <laughs> um, trying to downplay the derby. Um, and I don't think he's trying to downplay it to them necessarily, but when you come out and play like that and a result like that happens, it doesn't reflect well on you. And you know what, like fans don't need much ammunition to uh, to give you lots of criticism. Something like that kind of makes you look silly afterwards a little bit. Um, I don't know, Tim Pot. Yeah, it, it was just such a frustrating day. It wasn't just one thing was bad, it was pretty much everything was bad. The, the tactics were bad, the individual performances were bad. The, as you said, it appeared as though, if not, maybe not in there, I'm not, I'm not a mind reader, it appeared as though the effort and energy levels were bad. Atmosphere was very, got very toxic in the stand towards the end. 
really quite quite kicked off towards the end with a lot of people really giving the players real jeopardy to get off the pitch, which, you know, isn't something you want to see this early into a season with a new manager at all, but I think it was actually, you know, to an extent justified with how bad the performance was. Not personal abuse, but I think it was really justified for people to have, have a bit of a shout at them as they walked off because it was a rubbish performance. And I just feel it, it's just so disappointing. We were all sitting here, you know, most of us are so full of optimism in August, and this season is just turning into such a train wreck. And it's just it's a bit much. Oh, hang on, hang on. We're going That's into this game. It was a win to go into the playoffs. Calm down. Mm. It's a lot. Lo- it's a lot worse than we were all hoping for at this stage, though, isn't it? Really, at the stage, Ooh. yes. But let's. You just said it was a train wreck. Rain I said turning in. into. I, I said. I said turning into. Turning into. But it's not even know, close. It's, it's, it's very it's disappointing to say that this is not not County and Chesterfield being the biggest spenders in the division and getting relegated. Come on, it's underwhelming. It's not yeah. a train wreck or it's, I'm underwhelmed so far, but I wouldn't say disappointed because it's not even November yet. I'm not worried. Mm. Um, Technically, um, is November in terms of fixtures. All right, it's not <laughs> us. Um, it's October until it's November. Exactly, thank you. That's the new, he's 28 until he's 29. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to restart this debate online. Um, I can't, I've lost my train of thought now since I was so rudely interrupted. You said you, were just, it's just, you said it's not even November. Yeah, no, I remember that bit. I can't remember what you I was saying You said you were underwhelmed. Yeah, underwhelmed, but not disappointed. There's plenty of time. More than willing to give me it. The thing is with the abuse is that's part and parcel of football, isn't it? Whether we like it or not, people are going to be unhappy, especially after having watched that. Um, to an extent, I don't really blame them. As long as hopefully it wasn't personal abuse. I'm sure for for some individuals it probably was, but that's but that's Sam how was it leading works, the personal it? abuse. Sam Sam was almost <laughs> certainly leading it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I actually slammed her. Another thing that concerns no, me about it. Another <laughs> I, I, I am denying it. Go on, John. <laughs> yeah, we all know what you're like, really, Sam. Um, <laughs> but I've the amount of times I've seen Sam give people personal abuse on away days, shocking. <laughs> Um, says the guy who nearly got into a fight a few weeks ago at Argyle to be fair I didn't start that um, <laughs> yeah. anyway I'll anyway we'll, we'll we'll move on um, you know what I was going to say WWE home park stage but yeah so I was going to say I, I mean I, I'm so, I sort of agree with Sam in that Lo should probably speak of it less but I, I, I mean that's more like a passing comment I don't really care it's I prefer what he's saying to what Adams is saying, which was constant, utter crap. Um, it's like there's one thing to big your players up and stuff. It's what Adams just basically spent his time doing was literally rewriting the game we'd seen. I still remember a drawing nil with Portsmouth, creating nothing all afternoon and having basically clearing what would have been the winner off the line. Uh, well, us clearing their winner off the line. And he turns around and says, yep, completely outplayed him. Coming here for a draw and just... Jeez, yeah, but that rubbish. was different because that's that struck me as him clearly wanting to just wind them up. Oh yeah, but it got annoying. And and, and that, let's be honest, it worked perfectly, didn't it? It worked did on the fans. Yeah, that's all he wanted. <laughs> it's the same he, thing with the calling himself the best manager outside the Premier League. Allegedly, it was all a wind up, wasn't it? Allegedly, I think we we all. <laughs> I think we all believe. Pretty it. much know it. I, I can believe that he said it. Yeah. Anyhow, I I care far less about what he said. I care far more about what he does um, in his role as manager, mm. impacting our team. I think the way I described yeah. it, Sam, was um, uh, if as a manager you've got a bad team performance and you're not only unable to improve it, you actually make it worse through your decisions. Well, I, I, 
well, basically I said that's not what the good manager essentially. And let's face it, it was quite obvious his system wasn't working at half time. No changes. Waitsley goes two down. Was it two down from it? Yeah, two down for making to, changes. To, to be fair, and those I changes will then jump didn't in help intro. at all. Yeah, and if um, anything, I was going to mention a minute ago about um, how in-game con- changes concerned me because he took off one of our better players from the first half, which was McFadden. Um, mm. and left on Riley on the other side. I don't know why he didn't take Riley off and I know, Sam's put, got um, an idea. Cooper on at right wing back. I don't know whether he's just picking his mates. McFadgen was on a yellow. McFadgen, well, to be fair, McFadgen is mated well from Berry, isn't he? So I'm not going to go down that road today. But, but um, <laughs> that was Mc... just to, sorry, just to clarify, just for the podcast, that's not what I sincerely think. That was just a little jovial yeah. comment. Yes, um, obviously McFadgen was on a yellow, so I guess that's probably why he's done it. And he, he had made a foul after the yellow, which he got warned for. So yeah, from that angle, I can see why he's done it. But ultimately, he was still playing significantly better than Riley was. So yeah, I know it's easy to say, hindsight, you know, what if we left McFadgen on and he'd got himself sent off? Get that point entirely. But he was playing so much better than Riley. He had to be the one to stay on. So I think that was a bad decision. Um, to be fair, what I was just saying to Nick, you, you said he waited till two out. Actually, the, the subs were getting their kit off, ready to come on at 1-0. And then when the second goal went in, he brought them, he brought them straight on. So he was going to make the change even at 1-0, in all fairness, but it was still too late, yeah. I think a change I would have made as well, um, not talked about, I don't know what, what happened with it. But it was thoughts that Adam Randall looked like he was going to come on um, and obviously didn't. And I made the point, I think I think I made it in, uh, in our group chat. I think I spoke to you about it, Nick, about... Uh, Randall coming on and when we're being pressed to the extent that we were someone better on the ball with better distribution uh, certainly with better awareness um, from everything that I've seen would have would have helped if we were persistent on if we were going to try and play out um, would have been useful I'm not sure it would have made a difference anyway I don't think we would have been able to play out because Law was marking Edwards so tightly I agree that um that Edwards isn't as good a receiver nor as good a passer as, for example, Baxter or Randall or Conor Grant. He's still... It's not like he can't do it. He's just, you know, it's not his um, premier skill. I don't think it would have made a difference. Law was um, tightly focused on him. I personally would have gone for a formation shift. Um, I think part of what helped them was that when they punted it long, they had Nicky Law, you know, in and around ready to receive the pass. Whereas when we punted it long, we didn't have any focal point ready to receive it. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, I'd have been looking at trying to you know, switch around, maybe go for a centre-attacking mid, Sarsovic there, running off them, or Mare to receive it, or Cooper or someone. Just so- someone a bit closer to the strikers so that... Yeah. Or change the system completely, go four-two-three-one because well, at that point you negate, for example, Nicky Law, and you've got two people to pass it around. It needed a complete formation shift for me. Yeah. This is another thing that I, I think is, is an interesting point to make about the formation. Now, we know how successful it was with the 3 one 4 at Berry last season. Uh, I've seen no signs that will change. I mean, I know we played, what, 3-4-3 briefly, was it? Yeah, Mansfield's gone that, We haven't seen any sign that we've moved. I don't know what uh, is there, why the... Why the fixation with three at the back? I think with the players we've got, a four-three-three or four-two-three-one or variants of those formations could well work with the with the personnel that we've got. I think the problem is left back, but it could. Yeah, that if you get around that, it could work definitely. Well, Smith Brown. 
<laughs> yeah, but you can't do that till January, can you? I actually don't know what his recall clause is. McFadden no, if it's a long term note, you can't. That's, that's the rule. Yeah. McFadden could still play, play yeah. left back. He was a left back, wasn't he, originally? No, he's a winger. He, he? He's a left winger who's played left back a bit he, in the yeah, same way that the odd. Bazira did a bit, but in inverse. Oh, look, Brian Lowe said in, a, um, in an interview that he had signed him as a left back, so. As in, like, mm. a very. Yeah, so, he may well have. Misinformed. Um, that's as far as I can role. tell, as far as I can tell, he's when he's in the national league, he played left wing, mm, and the, when he's in a youth player. as a youth player, he played on the left wing too. Could still play as a left back and a, and a back four, I think. Um, anyhow, I mean that's all by the by. The point point being, Lowe had a decision to make, and for me, he made it too late and got it wrong, and it made things worse. Mm. I mean, in particular, how Josh Grant and Joe Riley finished the game, no idea. Yeah. Or, or even Joel Grant, I gotta say, he was really, really poor. And um, Rudden wasn't Rudden wasn't great, and I'm not a fan of Rudden in general. But he was better than he was better than Joel Grant on the day. I have to say, Joel Grant for for all the hype and the big occasion going back to his former club, he had the worst game he's had in a very long time. I would yeah. say. To be fair, didn't yeah. have much by the way of service though. To be fair mm, to true. them, I, I'm far more um, forgiving of the two strikers because they were essentially abandoned, had balls kicked to them all evening, all afternoon. Yeah, and that's difficult when that's not your game as well. Yeah, they're hardly Ryan so, Taylor, are they? they? I mean, they had Ryan Bowman up there, who's like a Ryan Taylor, well, not a literal lookalike, but he's a target man, and he was an excellent target man. He's the person I've seen cause kind of a most most trouble winning headers from open play all season. What do we do then? Where do we go from here Saturday? Do we go wholesale changes, or do we just say, no, you know what, it's a, it's a tweak. Who have we got on Saturday? Grimsby. Grimsby home. at home. Grimsby at home. Chidad. Oh, no. They're a uh, big aerial side. They like scoring from set pieces and headers. Oh, fantastic. Play Ameson and Canavan together. Ameson, uh, Please. We should say we're recording right after Argyle lost to Chelsea in the JPT. Oh, yeah. um, and Damn Ameson it. went off injured in the 88th minute. Good. Brilliant. Good. Oh, I thought you were being have... serious then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, no. That means we're going to have to pay at least one of Wotton or Josh Grant, which is obviously not uh, Wotton, well, Wotton, beg your pardon. Supposedly yeah. Wotton had a good game this evening. I don't know how true that is. Yeah, I've heard somebody say that, but I'm, I'm not taking these games mega seriously. They're, they're, they're right. a useful indication, nothing more. We played quite a strong side tonight, so it probably is a good indication. Mm, true. Yeah, to be fair, because Ryan Lowe takes it more seriously than Derek Adams did, so yeah, you're probably right, actually. I mean, Wotton... Wooten is better than, than Josh Grant. I'm, I'm happy to say I'm not a great lover of Wooten, but Wooten at least has some good games and has had some good games this season. He doesn't have enough of them. Sam, and come do on. Yeah. I think you're misremembering Josh Grant. Here. I think you're rewriting your memory of Josh Grant. I think you, you thought he so. had a good game against Northampton away when he came on halftime, I think, there. I think you thought he had a good game against Leighton Orient in the Cup and spent a lot of time saying, why isn't he starting ahead of Wooten? That might have been someone else. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, he, um, Northampton, not really. Orient in the cup, yes, I'll give you that one. But I think on, on, on a general level, Wooten, Welsh, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, Orient in the cup, I'll give against you that. Crawley, game of seven against Swindon, obviously in the Czech trade. It barely tested in that game, though, was Still it? Still game of seven. Yeah, okay, only, right. I mean, before today, you'd only given him one below average score. That was five against Cheltenham. Hmm. And I've, yeah, okay, fair so, enough. But I, I think Wooten has more about him on a general level. I'm not a big Wooten fan, as, as anyone who's listened to me on this podcast knows. But I think he has a bit more. Ultimately, for Wooten, and I know a lot of it is, you know, correlation is not causation. It's amusing that, is your average we, rating for Josh Grant's five point eight. Your average rating for Wooten's five point eight eight. There's not much in it. 
Not much in it. But and, I, and that's I, I bearing in mind that Josh Grant got a one. If you take away Grant's one against Exeter, he's well above him. Mm. No, fair. So also, an additional thing to this, not only should we not rewrite Josh Grant's Argo history, but also he's a 21-year-old lad playing at centre-back uh, in a mm. system that is difficult for centre-backs to play in Yep. Um, because of how much they're exposed. So let's not write him off, shall we? I might be being a bit too harsh, but I think he is very might much be. distinctly our, fi- our fifth choice. Okay, maybe okay. I'm writing him off too much, but I think he. he I'm wrapping a little bit in anger, but I think he is very not... much in anger. Okay, you, you're right in saying out... he had an absolute shocker against Exeter, and he still had shown flaws even in games before that. Yeah. Did, particularly in his heading ability. I don't think. Let's just put it this way: maybe he will get better. And yes, he has got something about him in some games that he's shown, but I don't think he's good enough to be starting. And I think he's very much our fifth-choice centre-back, without a doubt. Can we agree on that, at least? Probably better than most fifth-choice centre-backs in the league. Uh, maybe. Not sure. Um, fifth-choice? How many teams have a fifth-choice centre-back anyway? Well, yeah, not a lot well, of teams, the teams three that play three in the back, yeah. How many teams do play three at the back? Uh, mm. Reasonable amount. Exeter did. Yeah, true. Match dust, didn't mm. they? Mm. Um, okay. He's not ready yet, at the very least. Um... Yeah, so Saturday, let's have some predictions. Uh, uh, we got, I mean, we got a bit of time. So, Sam, how do you think the game's going to go? Okay, um, Grimsby are a big aerial team. That's where we're weak. But generally speaking, Colorado and Orient showed we're better at home against the crap teams or weaker teams. So, yeah, 2-1 win. 2-1 win. Go on, Nick. I'm uh, not sure, actually, because it depends on what kind of style he tries to play. If we go for the um, territorial style, I'm not sure how well it'll work because it didn't work too well against Carlisle and Norrin, who are a bit crap. And Grimsby are better at defending crosses than uh, either of those two are. Or in theory, they are anyway. It worked well enough against Orient. No, Carlisle, I'd agree. If you Orient, we were fine. Just weren't 4 0 working. True, but there's still. What I mean is, lots of the goals and chances are from crosses. Mm, true. Because, I mean, what was it? Opening goal cross, second goal cross, fourth goal mm. cross. What was the third goal again? Oh, McFadden from outside the box, which keeps you safe for me. Anyhow, my point being, then you're looking at the opening goal against um, uh, uh, Carlisle was across. The point I was making. Well, the m- point, maybe the point that's I was part making, of the territorial style, though. We just get crosses in. I, maybe that's part of the new style. The point I was making was potentially Grooms would be better at, uh, better at defending from it. Yeah, fair. Th- that, that was that was the thinking along those lines. Anyhow, fair I don't enough. know. It really depends on what team he plays. Um, Let's gamble on a win. Let's gamble on 2-1. Uh, I usually predict a win, um, but after that, Ameson injured, Telford wasn't back tonight, Baxter's still out. Uh, oh, I think we're going to lose 3-1. That's um, a big margin of defeat. So it is, and I'm going to say, th- oh, I'll make a bigger call and I'll say uh, all of those goals from inside the box, two of them headers. <laughs> That wouldn't shock me. No. Um, Going even further, you could add, um, oh, what's the striker call again? Hansen? Hansen, James yeah. Hansen. I was going to say, go for Oh, was he playing for them now, would he? Hans- Hansen's definitely one on score on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he will. Yeah, 100%. Big target man. Okay, so that's the end of the show. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to us on Spotify and on iTunes so that you don't miss another podcast. Uh, from all of us here at Argyle Life, thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.